Coming to you live from the JRE Tobacco Aladino Mobile Studios, it's the Cigar Pulpit. Hello everybody and welcome to another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm the Bishop of the Burn, Nick, and with me as always... Thank God most of this show's done. It It's Gator. What? Why? It's already in the can. What? what why are you saying You've that? been triggering me. Oh, I've been triggering you. Why are, why are you touching you, me with your knee? I swiveled the chair. It yeah, just don't accidentally do that. happened. That's, so, that's no, so, like, you've been spending literally the last five minutes sitting here, like, hacking shit up, blowing your nose, breathing heavily into the mic. I had to get prepared. <laughs> it was disgusting. It was just this cavalcade COVID. of body noises. COVID. <laughs> Ew. Well, what? Wait a minute. What? You don't. No, you don't. Get off me. <laughs> Anyway, Here, let's get closer. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> God damn. Oh, so, do a video, they said. It'll be fun, they said. Oh, my God. So today, we uh, we have an interview. We're having a super spreader. Yeah. We can say, yay. <laughs> uh, so today, we um, we do have a interview with um, a couple of guys from uh, the PCA, Premium Cigar We do. Association. And it was actually a good interview. I think it's Premium Cigar Association. Okay, close enough. I think so. Yeah. Anyway, um, they're good people. They are good people. So we we talked with Josh and with Glenn. Um, they are part of the uh, governmental affairs and lobbying team yep. for the PCA, and they're going to give us a nice, good update as to how the politicians are trying to screw with us. Very informative. So yeah. So um, stay tuned for that. But first, but first, we need to find out. What's in the box? What's in the box? Son of a bitch. That was my text tone. Why? Yeah. Why are you? I don't come? know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. Star anyway, Trek. I, I know. But, it's what Picardo but when said. you say it out of context like that, it's just dirty. Was it out of context? I mean, in the for the nerds, it was totally within yes. context. For anyone who didn't know what that text tone was. They thought it was. They thought you were yeah. talking about jizz wasn't anyway all right well we need to find out what's in the box what's in the box what's in the box so you were the box what was in the box what's in the box so today we have why do you hand me the box and then take it away from me well I everyone s- saw no, you do that i didn't hand you the box so much yes, to show the box but what i just did is i swiveled it so that my mailing address wasn't like on the video you know everybody's gonna <laughs> slow that down and catch it now that you pointed it out that's that's what i did there yeah so anyway so um do you want one rip- two hey, stop it you want to rip open the bag yeah i'd love to okay i'll let you open the box oh my god the table is blinding Here, me now me- Look at the I'm shine. I'm going to turn it. Dude, I'm going to turn look it. At, look at the shine from the table. Look at the like light reflecting from the table. It's like, Literally the shining. It's blinding me here. Blinded by the light. Okay. Oh, there. It's right side up. So, yeah, we have the, uh, the, the box. December My Monthly Cigars box. I'm going to. Oh, my God. I got it. Oh, I'm going to put the ashtray there. Your ashtray is so filthy. It kind of blocks it. Kind of? Kind of blocks it. MMC Yay, box. Hey, we have MMC box. Bovida seal of freshness. Right there. Point that out. Right there. So, yeah, so we're going to open up the box and we're going to see what is in the December My Monthly Cigars box. Now, I just guys, cracked the seal. I do want to point out that uh, normally this would be when Nick Gervais is on with us. However, he said F you. No. Pulpit listeners. No, no. It didn't come on. What ended up happening is we're going to have Nick Gervais on next episode so oh. the, the friday episode and by the um, way if anybody wants to hit that with their 
phone for the QR code. But anyway, so since Nick Gervais uh, is going to... Fucking good he, coffee. He's going to come on um, next episode with us. But since we got these and we've been a little delayed with the whole Tampa trip and everything else, we figured that we would just go ahead, crack open the box and start smoking some of the stuff that's little, in it. little ad for the Daily Press there. Yeah, yeah. And on the other side, that candy cane crap. So, Dear God. Why are you shitting on it? And by the way, My Monthly Cigars is a cigar club for everyone. So anyway. And here's all the goodies. So yeah. So anyway, um, we... Uh, we figured we'd go ahead and open this up and get yep. it get it we going. We gotta get now. it going. And uh no no time to waste. No time to waste. None. No no dilly dallying. No, no dilly or dally. No dawdling. And we have the card. The card. It's a meaty that box. features features the details of the scars within the box. The f- so the So Jeff F is this. Why don't God. why don't you show the people what that is? It's ginormous. That looks to be the Victor Sinclair. Victor Sinclair Vintage. It is a doppel gorgo or gordo doppel. Got doppel. What's a doppel? Doppel. Oh, that's like a doppelganger. That's, that's in the light. You guys can't see that. That's a dop- is that double doppel gordo. It is a six by seventy with a Brazilian wrapper, non-existent or unknown binder, Dominican. Uh, Piloto Cubano and Nicaraguan filler. It's a big it, cigar. It's 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 a big borderline obnoxious cigar. It's a big cigar. Not gonna lie. Here's the difference between the next selection, which is a Rocky Patel. You can see how much bigger that cigar is. I mean, Nick, a seventy, really? Yeah, crazy. Seventy. He went crazy. Um, absolutely. So that Rocky Patel, by the way, is the Rocky Patel Vintage 06 San Andreas. It is a five and a half by fifty robusto, featuring a San Andreas wrapper, Connecticut broadleaf binder, and Nicaraguan filler. Uh, it is a vintage two thousand six. I'm led to believe. I mean, it, I literally just said that it's on the it's band part of the name. Yeah. Next up, we have got the Guardian of the Farm. It is the Agnor as a Guardian Night Watch. It is the Campion. Campion uh, Toro size six by fifty two, featuring a Nicaraguan Jalapa wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, and Nicaraguan filler, and it is shade grown Corojo Maduro in the wrapper. There. And last but not least, we have the Duro. Is the di- let's see the Diesel Maduro Unlimited. Diesel Unlimited. Wait, let me see that that band. There you go. There, there. Where is the band? Oh, it's there's only band. a footer. So um is the is the Mauro. It is not a Maduro, it is the Mauro. I have no idea. M A U R O. Anyway, unless I mean it's either the Mauro or it's a typo. Um but it is I don't know. the uh Bellicoso five point seven by fifty six, featuring a Pennsylvania broadleaf wrapper, Mexican San Andreas binder, and Honduran or and Nicaraguan filler. And as always with the MMC box, we have the Bovida pack. We have a very always a nice touch medium medium to full box going on here. Yes, we do. What do you want to go with first? Do you want to do the Rocky Patel? What do we want to go with? We don't want to do that 70 because, let's be honest, we're only doing it for the beginning and ending of the show sure, since we've already done the middle. Sure, we're bookending because yeah. we already did that interview a couple days ago. We did. Um, 
You know what? Let's do the Rocky Patel because it's, it's a Robusto 5.5 yep. by 50. Uh, Size-wise, it kind of works out for us. So I'm going to open up my bag. There you go. Open up my bag there. And, uh, yeah, let's do that. Let's do the Rocky Patel. Rocky Patel. RP. Damn it. That's why. That's my dog. That's a dog. <laughs> Lucy, nobody likes you. Nobody. Yeah. I'm gonna play Sarah McLaughlin again. Stop it. <laughs> you know she is my rescue puppy. I just here. have a feeling that they played that over and over in the. Uh, the got mine out of the cold cellophane hotel room. And the I just assume they play that over and over. You know, there at the shelter. From the wreckage. Oh, I was about to cut. On the Would you hurry up? <laughs> the God. The, the longer you sit and sing, the more chance there is she's going to bark again. Some comfort here. Dear God, do you guys understand why I want to go back to one a week? For the love of God. What? Because now you can't cut all this BS out and they can see it. They can see what I deal with all the time. Some of, it's, some of it's your fault. A lot Everybody of it's your fault. Everybody thinks I'm the janky one. Gotta get mine out of the cellophane. There. Here we go. Okay. So we have the Rocky Patel. Oh, my God. That sun. I know. You got to keep sun. it. Pull it back just a hair. There you go. Rocky Patel vintage. I'm going to get me a 2006. picture for the Instagrams here. What? Who's the p- cut brought to us by? I don't know. You could do it, too. You proved last week you could do it. The cut this week is brought to us by... Riverman Cigar Company, Crestwood, Missouri. Our man Dan Ponder over there. He will take good care of you. We have a ton, ton, ton of cigar options when you go over to uh, Riverman Cigar Company. And you need to uh, go there if you're in the St. Louis area. If you're not and you don't have your own brick and mortar, let Dan at Riverman Cigar Company be your brick and mortar store. He can do mail order, send them out to you. You just call them up, tell them what you want. They can walk you through the humidor. If there's something you want they don't have, they're going to give you options as to what you're going to like, what's going to match up with your palate that they have in stock. They'll take good care of you at Riverman Cigar Company, Crestwood, Missouri. You want to give them a call, Google the number. There's no point in saying it on here. Just Google it. Look them up. Give them a call. It's true because, you know, you need a relationship with your brick-and-mortar guy. You do. You know, there's going to come a day that you're going to need something special and you're going to need your brick-and-mortar guy to, uh, to procure it. And so yeah, God, well, I, gotta, I forgot to make the cut noise. Dan Ponder, you know, there yeah, we go. I mean, so, yeah. So it's time that we go ahead and uh, cut this. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> that wasn't even me. You've been you've used that cutter since I've been with you. You you attacked yourself. How did I do that? I don't know, but that's awesome. When did I, made I do my day. that? Did you use it last night? No. Did you use it the day before? I used it. Top shooters yesterday, but I cleared it out. I have Oh, it. you know who that was? Who? So I gotta give a little shout out here to a guy that I met at Top Shooters the other day. His name's Travis. And Travis was there at Top Shooters for his birthday. Ah. And Top Sh- or Travis Lucy, um, come here. Lucy. Come on. Come here, girl. Come on. Nobody everybody wants to say hi to you. Come nobody, here. Nobody likes your bark. Come here. Come here, sweetie. Notice how sheepish and afraid she is to get near you. <laughs> I just want to point that out. I'm good to that dog. She Come here, girl. very afraid about getting near Jeff. If I get her over here, I'll show you guys. Anyway, Lucy. so Travis was a top shooter celebrating his birthday, and he um, uh, he he noticed my cigar, 
and he came over and and asked if I purchased it at Top Shooters, and I said no. Um, and he was like, oh, "Okay," he's like, it "Just it sounds really good." So you sold him one? I didn't sell him one. Make a profit? I mean, a little bit. I, yes, but not a, not on purpose. <laughs> so I'll get to that. So <laughs> now, guys, you're probably wondering how did Jeff know Nick did that? I know Nick. Not on purpose. So I offered him a cigar, and I opened up my travel humidor, and I happened to have a um, uh, Perdomo 10th anniversary champagne. In Always there. a good choice. And he chose that. You know, I offered him a cigar for his birthday, and he chose that. And um, he used my cutter and didn't clear it. Now, where the profit he the didn't know to clear it. I no, do. He didn't know to yeah. clear it, and that's why now now that I've realized that it was him, I'm not, I'm less angry. Um, but um, how did you think I did it? I haven't been around you. I don't know. You just assumed I. I just assumed it yeah. was you. Sneak attack. Um, now I would like to point out that where the selling of it comes into play is he offered me money and I said no. Um, but what he did that I didn't realize until it was too late yeah. is he found um, Taylor, Waitress Taylor. Yeah. And he- Did he uh, slip it into your G-string? He covered my tab. Oh, that was nice of that him. That was nice of him. So he paid 20-something dollars for a $10 cigar. Okay. See? But hey, boneless wings and tots are on Profit. him. Profit. <laughs> okay, so- Cold draw on the Rocky Patel Vintage 2006 San Andreas. What are you getting? I get toothpaste. <laughs> I brushed my teeth before I came over toothpaste. here. Toothpaste. So I get toothpaste. I get coffee. Crest with uh, um, scope. The ribbon of scope. Ah. That way it's like mouthwashing while you're brushing your teeth. See how that works? No. Two, two activities at once. No. <laughs> That's not how that works. That's how I was led to believe. That's how it was sold to me. I'm not getting anything. Nothing? Nope. Oh, come on. Hmm. I'm not. Nothing's registering. I don't know if it's the coffee's blown it out or what. Nothing's registering. There's some sweetness. There's like a uh, like florally sweetness to it. Okay. It's light. Yeah, my coffee's there. blowing it out. So you're sure your coffee's blowing it out? Because I I'm swear nothing. to God, if you have COVID, I'm going to beat the piss out of you. God, I can't taste anything. No, yes, you can. Oh my god! You can taste your coffee. Oh my god! Shut up. You know it's really weird. I thought that coffee was weak. Damn it, Jeff! This isn't funny. Why are you sitting so close to me? This isn't funny. You're the one. We have to sit close. We have to sit close. We do for the camera, but this isn't funny. <laughs> Don't have to go. Good. If I got it, you got it. We caught it on the plane flying home last week. This isn't funny. I'm done. I don't have COVID. <laughs> I mean, I'd like to celebrate Christmas. I don't want to celebrate it by myself in lockdown quarantine. Okay. Solitary. Solitary. God, that would suck. Wouldn't it? Of all the times of the year to get COVID, now would be the worst. If I survive, I'll bring you over a plate of food. I will freaking light your beard on fire right now. <laughs> Anyway, all right, so time to go ahead and light this guy, and lighting it is proving difficult because the sun is barreling directly in. You Jeff's are on the face of the sun. Deck here, and like, I can't see shit right now. It is just like, 
blinding me off the table and the MMC Blinded box. By the no, it's reflecting off the table and the MMC box. I can't see shit right now. <laughs> I am like literally. It's hard being you. It is hard being me. Those poor guys from PCA. <laughs> They're waiting for their segment, and they're watching this in disbelief. It's like, what have we associated ourselves with? Oh, whatever. Glenn Loop's been on the show before. He knows exactly what he associated himself with, which is why, if you guys notice in the interview, he's not only wearing a hat to try and conceal his identity, but he um, also barely spoke for the first, like, however long, because I think he wanted to stay as much out of it as possible. Do you but blame we, him? But we were good. We didn't show our asses all that bad. There's always the header and footer. That's true. That's where we get it in, guys. <laughs> anyway, well, why don't we go ahead and uh, what? Nothing. I'm going to let that go. I, I was going to make a joke. The ignorance. That's where we get the ignorance mm, in. The ignorance is what we get in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> We're going to smoke not the Rocky talking Patel. About, not talking about my ass. Vintage 2006. <laughs> <laughs> San Andreas, while well, you guys listen to this great interview. All right, so yeah, we're going to go ahead and jump to the interview now, and then we'll come back and we'll do all the rest of the shenanigans. So, um, And I'm going to figure out something to like block the sun, because like, I'm going to get a sunburn based off of like your table here, dude. Like, Look at that. Look at the shine. Look Vitamin D is good for you. I get it, but like that's, that's feel, ob- feel that, the, that is obnoxious. Feel the burn. That's obnoxious. Feel the burn. I don't want to feel the burn. All right, we will be right back. So we're joined today by Joshua Haberski and Glenn Loop. Now, Josh, you are the let me get my notes here head government of head of government affairs at PCA, and Glenn, you I mean we've talked to you before, but uh, now he you're looks in, familiar. You're in, yeah. How would you know? You were never on the Zoom calls before. You're always hiding over on the side. This might be Glenn's first time actually seeing you. That's true. I do exist. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I knew we had an imaginary friend. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you're now serving as the Director of State Affairs at PCA. So how the hell are you guys? Doing well. I, I, Glenn and I are uh, you know, winding the year down. It's been a productive year, busy year. Uh, you know, kind of the bounce back year, so to speak. You know, we had uh, challenges with the pandemic along with, you know, others in the industry, retailers, manufacturers facing a lot of those uh, constraints. But this year um, feels good to be back. We just had an in-person event for congressional staff at our office and had over 200 people in attendance. So, um, you know, I, I think we're really hitting our stride. We got a lot of wins, which I know that we'll talk about uh, later in the program at both the state and federal level. And, you know, better yet, I get to spend every day talking with Glenn and, you know, shooting the shooting the shit, so to speak, about government affairs. <laughs> God. Well, there you go. So now I you said you mentioned you had a lot of wins here lately. And obviously, you know, we've tracked out a couple of uh you know, pieces of legislation that have kind of crossed our radar, but but where what have you guys been up to? I mean, you know, there's a lot going on, and I'm sure there's a lot more than what we know. So, wow, where do we even I'll, want to begin? I'll over the, the big federal piece right out of the gate, and then uh, Glenn can give you the state overview. Um, you know, we're working on 
the federal side, we had the biggest tax threat, tax increase threat, uh, um, you know, in recent years. This is something that wasn't new. Senator Dick Durbin out of Illinois, Congress after Congress introduces the same, you know, language called the Tobacco Tax Equity Act, which basically doubles the cigarette tax, and then also puts that same tax that's doubled on all other tobacco products. So you're looking at a thousand percent increase for premium cigars. You're looking at a sixteen hundred percent increase for pipe tobacco. Um, so catastrophic, two to three dollars per stick, fifty to sixty dollars per box in real terms. So we mobilized from the onset. Um, you know, this year. That he introduced it twice as standalone bills, and this was introduced as something to prohibit uh, or uh, restrict the sale of tobacco products, but then was snuck into the Build Back Better Act as a pay for, as something that would raise revenue. And we, you know, came out and said, "Here are ten reasons why this is bad, not only for small businesses, consumers, but for migration and for the DR in Nicaragua and Honduras, the global perspective." Yep. But we also said, and I think it was the most compelling argument, twofold. This is going to hit folks that are households under $400,000 or less, which violates President Biden's pledge. It's not something that he supported. And then number two, you can't say that you're going to restrict tobacco consumption through a tax, but then your year-to-year revenue projections get higher. Yep. So they were saying that they're going to raise more money every year. Well, how can you do that if someone's going to have to pay, you know, three, four dollars more per cigar? You're going to that would be a dramatic decrease in sales. We ran the numbers, worked with our partners um, at NATO that did a comprehensive study and determined most premium tobacconists would lose about 10 percent of their sales if this tax were to go into effect. We see but that it was. Oh. I'm Go sorry. Ahead. So, no, we see that a lot here in Illinois. I, I briefly for a while worked for the state uh, government in Illinois. And one of the things that the uh, politicians here always <laughs> like to do is raise the um, tax on cigarettes. And they always find all these ways that they're going to uh, use all this new money, this newfound revenue. And all it does is it, it you know, it drives um, people to either Missouri or neighboring states, or it drives people to go ahead and quit smoking, you know, the cigarettes and whatnot. And so it, it always astounds me that they use, you know, the revenue, higher revenue projections, like you just said, um, where their taxes are actually causing that revenue to eventually over time decrease just due to, you know, smokers quitting or going elsewhere. Yeah, and we have, you know, all of our talking points against this because it's going to come back. I mean, yeah. if, as long as Dick Durbin's in office, he, he's going to reintroduce it and try and push it. Uh, but in the context of the Build Back Better Act, it was stripped from the House version, uh, which is good. They don't even get a ceremonial win in the House. Um, it was stayed off there. And um, we've done, you know, two dozen plus Senate meetings, and we feel very confident that we have the right margin there where it's not going to get reinserted. So, so the, the industry itself, from consumer to retailer to manufacturer, got a big win at the federal level, not having to pay these exorbitant taxes. Um, now, one of the things that I know Jeff and I have discussed on the show here is the creation of the, uh, the Cigar Caucus in the House. 
Have you guys yes. worked at all with those? Uh, we saw the report. It was th- about 30 legislators, you know, and whatnot. All were Republican at the time, but I know there's a number of Democrats that, especially from Florida, that do support the cigar industry. And I didn't know if that was expanding out to becoming more of a bipartisan caucus by by now or what's what's going on with that. Yeah, absolutely. We have over 50 members of the Congressional Cigar Caucus, uh, Representative Dan Muse. Um, and uh, Representative Tom Emmer are the two chairs of this caucus, so Minnesota and Pennsylvania. This will be a bipartisan caucus. It may also be a bicameral caucus where you have people in the Senate also joining on. There was a lot of momentum. Um, you know, Dan, Representative Muser, as well as Representative Emmer being Republican, I think it was more informal in the beginning. And, hey, will you join this? And then now, as of this week, the official Dear Colleague letter went out. In November, the caucus did their first event, um, an organization, but their staffer, who is really the, the architect of uh, the relaunch of the Congressional Cigar Caucus, because it was around a few years ago, took a hiatus, and now is back, it, uh, is uh, Dan Muser's chief of staff, Tyler Mensler who used to work for the Cigar Association of America, he and I have had a very good cooperative relationship dating back many years. And, um, you know, I am going to be infinitely involved on the policy side um, with the caucus and kind of informing them where things are going. And then, um, you know, also I know that uh, all the organizations are going to support the messaging of the caucus, try and get more, uh, bipartisan members included in that, but we had several members of the caucus at our event that I referenced, um, you know, two, two days ago. Okay, good deal. Good deal. Now we, I'll tell you, at some point, we would love to uh, get some folks from that caucus on with us on the show to discuss things with them as well. Absolutely, and, and you know, that's something that I'm happy to help facilitate. Or, or Glenn, um, I did our first kind of launch. Uh, Representative Muser on Monday um, and uh, talked about, and, and Tyler was on that, and uh, we, we talked about kind of where things are going, how we see it, and there are some differences, but all of us are very pragmatic. Let's agree with the 90% that, you know, we're all in unison, work on that, and then we can get to the things that people disagree or have nuances to. So I think it's going to be a very proactive very policy oriented. You know, I don't need to tell any of you, you know, the social value of premium cigars and how it brings people together. We have that natural foundation already. So we're trying to make this very policy oriented because the the caucus in the past got criticism from, you know, some reporters wanting to target cigars and tobacco. And, um, you know, my mindset through this, and Glenn and I, I think, share this sentiment is that, you know, we're always going to have somebody going after us and we have to be comfortable in explaining the rationale, defending our position and going with it. I'm not ashamed or bashful that bashful that I enjoy premium cigars and, um, you know, tell other folks and the data is on our side. The science, they say, you know, we're in the, we're the era of follow the science. We'll follow the science. Look yep. at the FDA, the NIH studies, you know, this this is not cigarettes. This is not e-cigarettes. These are vastly different products. 
Well, and and we point out here on the show mm-hmm. quite a bit, and I think you you kind of discussed it, and and I just want to know if we're on the same page with this. You know, we talk about the um, the immigration impact of of you know these taxes and everything that that by taxing them to the point where some of these manufacturers may end up going out of business or whatever now you're impacting the economies of these south american nations yep. these people now having you know lost their jobs whatever you know they have they have somewhere they need to go so you know is this going to cause an immigration issue at the southern border of the united states and I think that was a key point in this overall tax fight. You know, we hosted in the first ever international policy symposium or summit. And, um, you know, this was something that we wanted to originally do in person. But uh, un- unfortunately, um, with COVID and some of the travel restrictions, we did it virtually. But in that forum, the Minister of Trade and Industry for the Dominican Republic at came out and in a 10-minute video clip um, in Spanish with English subtitles that we sent to every congressional office. And he said, this will cost the DR $600 million and 40,000 jobs in the first year if it gets Wow, wow. And then you had the Honduran ambassador come on and, and, and uh, echo similar sentiments. So we were able to take this federal issue showcase the local and state impacts of lost revenue, but also the global impact. And that's that interconnectedness where we're taking these strategies and pulling levers at uh, important times. So I think that, you know, I can say it until I'm blue in the face. Glenn can say it until he's blue in the face. But if we have some of these key um, ambassadors, so to speak, or um, key influencers that can go out there and carry this message it's going to resonate a lot quicker. And there are members of Congress that don't care one way about tobacco or another, but they were compelled about the immigration issues, these families that have uh, a better life because of the premium cigar industry. We've been preaching that on the pulpit here since this all first came up. So one, uh, one more quick area in terms of, uh, of uh, the South American nations. I know there's a lot of unrest, a lot of question, Surrounding Nicaragua, do you have any insight, just from a governmental standpoint, as to uh, you know what that, how that may impact the cigar industry or, or anything? It, it's something that we're we're closely monitoring. Um, you know, I think in November with the election, there was you know concern about about all of that. Uh, last January, I visited Nicaragua. Um, you know, for, for almost two weeks, did the tours of the farms and factories. And, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things I, I look at in the, the news and, and we keep up. We have these research services where, you know, if something happens or there's, there's an issue, we're getting pinged instantly. And we're informing a lot of the industry stakeholders of, of what's going on. We cannot affect as... Uh, you know, lobbyists in the United States, what what goes on in Nicaragua. Yeah. That's not something that we're lobbying there. We can have conversations about the importance of the uh, premium cigar industry to the people of Nicaragua, to the uh, small businesses and family-owned manufacturers in Nicaragua. And we can do that to the Senate Foreign Affairs Committee, to the White House, um, so that's where we've been engaging in so far is just make ensuring that they know 
the full economic impact in Nicaragua of the premium cigar industry, um, no matter what what is going on. And um, you know, we, we do that with Honduras and 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 um, you know the Dominican Republic as well. We we want to keep open channels of communication uh, with those three in particular, but even, you know, broader looking at, you know, places like Ecuador and, and some of the African countries. Glenn uh, was instrumental in getting uh, folks from, from the Africa um, sector of the premium cigar industry in Europe involved, and I'll, I'll let him touch touch on that. I'm getting paid by the word, by the way, Glenn, so you better jump <laughs> in here. Oh, we haven't forgotten about you, Glenn. We're we're just we're kind of circling back, but I'm, I'm glad to know you guys are getting paid because I can't get a 10.99 out of him to save my life. All right. So, anyway, so Glenn, yeah, Glenn, why don't we touch on that then? So your efforts to uh, bring the uh, uh, African uh, tobacco in. Well, it's an interesting part of the entire economic equation for the premium cigar industry, and a lot of people don't think about it in that context. But, uh, in my previous life with CRA, I camped out on the doorstep to get a meeting eventually, uh, with the ambassador to the United States from Cameroon and gave him literally a a bag of cigars. Every one of them that noted Cameroon tobacco on the label, uh, coming from their country. And nobody knows that market and nobody knows that economic impact better than Jeremiah Mirafield. Um, and with their family's history, a rich multi-generational family history of, of cultivating and growing Cameroon tobacco. Um, and so he was, he came on the, the, uh, international policy forum that Josh alluded to, to articulate that we're talking thousands of farms and a lot of them where they don't grow the same tobacco twice on the same plot of land, uh, um, and to hear that dynamic, I mean, we're, we're all familiar, and, and Josh just articulated. You know, we know what we, we know what we mean economically to Latin America and the Caribbean basin. We know that there's a little over 330,000 jobs directly associated from seed to shore. And when I say shore, I mean from the seed in Nicaragua, Dominican, Honduras, Costa Rica, Mexico, Brazil, to the port of Miami when they enter the North American market. And, you know, the Latin American countries, the United States is 90% of their market. So when things impact trade, it does have a trickle effect in impacting the immigration debate. In fact, we worked with the one of the former uh, ambassadors to the United States from Honduras to be one of the very first to articulate that and to warn that, you know, this is now our, our third presidency in dealing with these issues since regulation began. And that it's it's a cornerstone of our argument to the Biden administration because we think they can appreciate the economic impact in Latin America argument um, in, a, in a very profound context because that was a central part of Vice President Biden's work. And I say Vice President Biden's work during the Obama administration was a Latin American uh, rescue and a Latin American economic plan. And so those are all central to getting our debate across. And, and fortunately, the industry's got advocates like Senator Rubio and Senator Menendez as a bipartisan collection in the Congress, both of them intimately familiar with the foreign affairs element to help reinforce this discussion. And, and that it's far more than an FDA discussion. It's far more than a congressional tax discussion uh, that we've been able for the first time in really this industry's history to, to present data 
to present analysis, to present reinforcement from these embassies that what happens in the United States Congress, what's hap- what happens in these regulatory agencies has a direct bearing on something far, far bigger than you and I enjoying a cigar in a local cigar shop. For sure. And I think it's been cornerstone to our, our, our mission in, in the government affairs arena. And as Josh has, has noted, we're an all-hands-on-deck um, op- operation. Uh, we're, you know, we're, we've got a lean staff, if you will. And that means Josh and I work together and coordinate what's happening in, in Washington as well as what's going on in the states and what may be going on in a city hall. And we can talk about that uh, however you'd like. Yeah, no, I'd like to uh, take a break from the uh, national scene for a minute. I do want to circle back and get a recap of maybe where we're at with FDA. But uh, for now, I would like to touch on the states and maybe more of a local municipal level. So what have you been working on, Glenn? Oh, there's not a damn thing going on. There's, there's a, I hear a lot about flavor bands, but I don't, I don't know how much of that you're nothing, involved in. I'll, I'll, I'll depict how nothing's going on. In the last 12 months, Josh and, and our staff and I have uh, sifted through 13,000 pieces of legislation. 13,000 pieces of legislation uh, panning from the Pacific coast to the Atlantic coast from the bottom of Texas on the border to North uh, cigar bar bill in North Dakota and everything in between. But, and that's no joke, 13,000 pieces of legislation. And once you sift through those that are purely e-cigarette related, purely vape related, purely cigarette related, cigarette, vape, e-cigs, bills that are pretending to nothing but taxation on smokeless, uh, uh, products. Once you get through all that, you narrow 13,000 down to about 1,000. Then you take that 1,000 and half of those die. And then you take the rest of those that are alive and you filter that down to the ones that are critical. And you end up with about, you know, 250 pieces of legislation to, to worry about. And then honestly, you take that 250 and by the time the legislative process works its way through and you get through dead, filing deadlines and adjournment de- deadlines, you're down to about 30 that end up occupying our attention and that's not a bad way of i think i took it down almost right as far as 13,000 to 50 um but it, it was a wonderful way to cap off the year uh having michigan and north carolina have tax cap bills on premium cigars signed into law by their respective governors uh uh, and I, I think it epitomizes, again, the bipartisan nature of the industry that two Democratic governors signed those tax cap bills. And I think that's a wonderful message to other places that have tax cap bills under consideration, like Illinois, like New Jersey, like New York, possibly Nebraska, in the coming year. Um, so that, that that was just a marvelous way to capstone the, the, the year for the premium industry. Also, over the course of the last 12 months, legislation died that would have allowed local authority, local taxing authority, local regulatory authority over uh, cigars and all tobacco products in Tennessee, Kentucky, Oregon, and Missouri, Uh, tax increase bills dying in Maine and Massachusetts, Um, having positive legislation introduced to allow for cigar bars and existing cigar shops in New York, as well as a tax cap bill introduced in New York. Both of them uh, were sponsored by, by Democratic leadership. And that, those, those organization and retailers have done a marvelous job of building bipartisan support for that type of legislation in a place that's very, very difficult to conduct political business in and up being, you know, Albany, New York. 
the outdoor smoking, allowing local governments to regulate smoking uh, policy and local governments in Florida, that legislation died. And within 12 months, we're confronting it again. And it's already gotten through a Florida Senate committee. And of all places, Florida, this bill's got to die again. Well, it, it'll probably get through the Senate and it'll probably die in the House. But there's going to be a day when that type of legislation has to be taken more seriously than not. And the testimony and the grassroots uh, messaging that's going on right now helps reinforce that message to the Florida legislature. So with that collection, I think that's sort of a crystal ball as to what we're going to be confronting in, in this coming state, state legislative session when over half the states go in to meet and reconvene in January. Um, the bills that died last year, are more than likely going to be back this year in some form or fashion, coupled with possibility of other tax increase bills, especially in the Rust Belt states. So that's the reason we have to always be cognizant of what's coming down the pike. Uh, Continue to develop our strong network with the retail and consumer community, as well as our manufacturing partners, and keeping an eye on every one of these bills. So that's sort of the state of the union, if you will, for the for the states, and and hopefully a snapshot into what's coming in twenty twenty two. And, and so, with that, one of the main things, just to piggyback off that, was the the fact that also, in addition to the federal level, there were no tax increases at the state level this year that were passed through the legislative process. So you know, and then you look at Michigan and North Carolina. From a governmental standpoint, this was kind of the renaissance for the the cigar industry. You had a, a bit of a boom where people, you know, had conditions where, you know, with the, the lawsuits and the, the, the two court cases, you, you you had this period of, of relative peace where, you know, a full year new products coming to market. People are at home working from home. They get to enjoy a cigar. You had some new folks try premium cigars. So, you know, by and large, this was a very strong year, you know, 2021 for not only the association, but for the industry at large. And that's something that we want to continue instead of being reactionary. And and Glenn knows this, we are very aggressive at, at PCA and wanting to not only uh, go and fight back against egregious things that are, are bad legislation, but introducing caps and cigar bar uh, ordinances. If you want to enjoy an adult beverage with a cigar, you should be able to do that. Um, you know, we think that business owners, that, that they should be able to make their own decision if they want to be able to permit a cigar. If you want to sell steaks and cigars and you have the the customer base and the market can uh, afford that. You should be able to do that um, uh, as, as a business owner. So, you know, next year, uh, and Scott Pierce is the one who coined this, uh, we're establishing something called Vision 50. Uh, Vision 50, we're going to identify a priority in every single state um, that we're going to be able to, uh, you know, work on over the course of the next few years. So, you know, it's going to be first and foremost this legislative cycle coming up. But, you know, we know we're not going to be able to get all 50 things. But at the end of the day, the industry will be a lot better if we can get eight to 10 different priorities from that 50, um, you know, that list of 50 done. Um, We're there to protect the business of retail. That is that is our, our focus. But also 
grow and, and allow for other, you know, the next generation of tobacconists to, to get involved. And, you know, I'm very passionate about this and, and will defend this to the core. And, and Glenn knows this, you know, a couple months ago, uh, actually, yeah, no, six months ago, I, uh, I got involved as a partner in a retail lounge in Quantico, Virginia. So I will be behind the counter tomorrow <laughs> working the register. Um, and then so I have an understanding of what our members are going through, um, you know, firsthand experience. And that's what we want to do for members of Congress is teach them through the actual experience hands on. This is what a premium cigar is. This is why it's different. Um, so, you know, we had a public engagement series prior to COVID where we would bring congressional staff, members of Congress to our office to show documentaries like hand rolled to, to get people to, you know, roll a cigar or go through the stories or learn about the J.C. Newman historic factory, things like that. And we hope as, um, you know, things open up more, we are able to do that. I, I mentioned earlier. You know, earlier we had our, our first large scale event this week uh, in the past two years and it went off. We had indoor outdoor component and uh, some craft beer and barbecue and it was all around a, a, a good event. That's awesome. Now, a question I have for you, because you were talking about the amount of bills, you know, either at the local state or federal level. I would assume on the federal level, you get keyed into those pretty quickly. I would assume on the state level, you get keyed into those pretty quickly. How do listeners or viewers that we have, you know, depending if they're on YouTube or listening on the podcast, how do they reach out to you when they see something going down in their local community? Absolutely. So, you know, to stay informed, CigarAction.org is our kind of consumer retailer portal where we will have all of the action alerts available, the, the 50 alerts that Glenn mentioned that, you know, after we sift through. Um, you know, those will be on there, some information, some policy positions. If you want to know where uh, PCA stands on a price point definition of a premium cigar or things like that, um, and, and describing through some infographics, the legislation, this is com complex stuff. It, it is not um, super easy to follow. And that's our role, uh, Glenn and I, to read through the legalese and, and and sift through it and then being able to describe it to multiple audience from our membership to members of Congress. So we do that through cigaraction.org. But I always tell folks, like if you're watching uh, CNN or you're reading a newspaper or, and you see something that pops up, feel free to shoot Glenn or I an email. It's Glenn at premium cigars.org, Joshua at premium cigars.org. Um, and, and reach out and, and chances are it's on our radar. Um, you know, we're, we're usually about, I would say five day, days ahead of the curve. Um, and, but some of the stuff you may not see public, um, releases by the PCA on. And I've made a point in a lot of the media appearances that I've done, um, to kind of talk about why, especially when it comes to the, the court cases, you will likely see that in other media, cigar media, press, elsewhere. We are a, a party to those lawsuits, and I don't want to put out anything that could jeopardize the case itself. So I want to make sure – and anything that it goes to the courts, we're going to have 10, 12 people 
review it before we release a statement. So, you know, if it's going out there and we're pushing out information, know that it's accurate, know that, um, you know, it has gone through a review process where we feel comfortable in getting it out. So, um, you know, I would say, you know, directly working with one of us or uh, Ryan, who's our other government affairs manager, reaching out there, but also, you know, our cigaraction.org portal, that's going to be something that we consistently update uh, next year and uh, did this year. And our tracking software allows us to, to really monitor closely what's going on in, in Washington and the states. But we rely heavily upon our cigar grassroots network to keep us informed of what's going on in the local context. And that's how in this past year we supported uh, cigar bar legislation ordinances being developed in Louisville, Kentucky. It's going to be revisited. Uh, we, we vocalized our support for the Augusta, Georgia Cigar bar bill, which passed, um, and I, I've said many times, I think it's a telling commentary on the recognition of how cigars are different than other tobacco products. This is blossoming totally holistically at the grassroots level. We didn't ask for a cigar bar bill in Louisville, Kentucky. A third-party group did that wanted one. It's likewise in Augusta, Georgia. It just happened, it happened holistically. I mean, and... It appeared in the in the media, the mainstream media, and then we get a phone call about these types of things uh, happening. So when folks hear about opportunities like that, or if you desire an opportunity like that, uh, we now have model legislation for tax caps for 13 states. We've got cigar bar legislation uh, probably for another dozen states, and now we've got local model cigar bar ordinances for pushing probably a dozen major jurisdictions in the country. Well, and we can share that information nationwide to, to broaden our, our footprint. I think that'd be great. And I mean, so how do I, how do I phrase this in such a way that it doesn't sound like uh, I'm, I'm picking a fight with maybe some of the uh, uh, pro to um, uh, THC uh, fans. But um, so here in Illinois, it seems like, the the barrier of entry in terms of um, opening up a either cigar uh, lounge or bar is imp- like in, in in the bar case it's impossible. Yep. But in under in, the current legislation, uh, you know, as as I understand it. But then in terms of a, a lounge that has a uh, smoking lounge attached to the retail shop, you know, the barriers of entry on that are just astronomical. But it seems like these, um, for lack of a better term, pot lounges are, can go anywhere without restriction. And so I guess <laughs> one and, and you guys may already be quietly doing so. But like what are what efforts are being made for some sort of parity, some sort of equality? I mean, I think it's you know, it's one of those things that somebody can't get secondhand high from a cigar. But, you know, if you're in a. um a strip mall and you're, you're running a pot lounge and that smoke is, you know, blowing through the, the air vents or through the walls and whatnot. You can have, you see what I mean? I just, I don't know. I'm just wondering what kind of parity there is in terms of uh, cigars and and marijuana at this point. You know, it's really tough with, with the cannabis side of things because I mean, you have disparity between what's allowed at the state and local level. And then, you know, federally, it's still considered a, a, narco- a narcotic. 
So, you know, they're, they're in a bit of a regulatory limbo, so to speak, um, with, you know, the regulatory agencies, um, you know, when it goes to THC or CBD, the FDA really doesn't know how to interact at this point because they haven't really been given congressional guidance on, you know, what to do there. So, you know, it, it is tough. I, I know from, from a lot of folks in Illinois in particular, uh, in Chicago, they wanted to charge a five, $5,000 license fee for uh, tobacconists or cigar lounges to be able to, to smoke cannabis uh, in their places of business. And the places in Chicago said, no, we, we don't want to allow people to smoke cannabis in a cigar lounge. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in the lounge that, that I mentioned, uh, that, that I got involved in in Quantico, Virginia, we don't, it's cigars or pipes. That's, that's it. Nothing else. This is, we're not a cigarette lounge. We're not a, um, you know, so I think a lot of it will be done by the individual basis. Um, there's a lot of stuff in the next two or three years. They're going to, um, you know, take shape around the cannabis issue. Um, we're not involved in that fight unless it harms what we're doing uh, in the premium sector. Um, That's one of the things that if there's an advantage where we think that we can uh, benefit by, you know, being included, because a lot of these legislative vehicles are not just specific standalone bills anymore, even at state level, they will encompass a multitude of different things. So it might be, all right, you know, this cannabis bill is moving, can we get something in there that uh, affords us greater opportunity? And we have to really, you know, judge that and consider the pros and cons because most of the time it isn't going to be a long-term pro um, in in doing so because we've done over years, even before my time, um, the argument that's been around there are that premium cigars are vastly different than other tobacco products. So when we go in with another entity, it has to be in very specific circumstances. Um, You know, this tax bill that we talked a lot about at the federal level, we were on board with everyone because that tax would have affected every single tobacco product category, e-cigarette category. But in the Senate version, it was a nicotine tax on vapor products and e-cigarettes. And we didn't get involved with that. They, in my knowledge today, there were some reports that that has since pulled out. But as far as we concerned, we were concerned. Our involvement stopped at premium cigars and pipe tobacco. Okay. No, it's just it's it's kind of like I was just saying. It's one of those things where, in terms of parity, it just feels like the uh, the cigar guys are always uh, the ones kind of getting beat up on, and it feels like, and again, this is my perspective, it just feels like the, the pot guys are kind of getting carte blanche to do what they what, what they well, want. Well, and we an know extent. why that is, because the state of Illinois, for example, is making bank on THC right now. True. I mean, they're also making bank on tobacco products. Let's not be. Well, yeah, but that's not new. The THC is new, yeah. and it's it's found money. But the new political dynamic with cannabis, they haven't been subjected the way we have to now over 20 years of tobacco demonization. And that's what I would call it, tobacco demonization. 
And by that, I mean, if you read the book, Velvet Glove, Iron Fist, on the history of the anti-smoking movement in this country, you realize that if we'd started playing the political game uh, the way we are today in the early 80s, pre-boom, pre-first boom, through the early 90s, it would be a very different political dynamic today. Well, all the while, all the while from the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s, the opposition was creeping up behind us, making sure, and here's the living proof of this story. If you read the final rule that came out against cigars by the Food and Drug Administration, they took every single opportunity they could to equate smoking a cigar to a Every opportunity possible. And the opposition, the body parts lobby, has done an eloquent job, and I say that somewhat facetiously, but done an amazing job politically at grouping all of us in together so that there is a perceived in some political communities, and by that I mean offices, that there is absolutely no difference in these products. Cannabis hasn't been subjected to that. They haven't been subjected to over 20 years worth of political ridicule. And we're playing a game of political catch-up in, in that regard. And there's another case study there in that it's more of them than there are of us, which makes the organization, the political organization, establishing cigar consumers and retailers and manufacturers as a bona fide political constituency in order for us to, to change the political outlook for this industry. Right now, I think it's as probably as stable as it's ever been because of the court victories, because of the political victories. But... This industry has now learned that it can never turn the machine off. You know, the old joke used to be in Richmond, Virginia, uh, at any hour of the day or night, there's a law firm in Richmond being built by Philip Morris. And the, the reason they win eight out of, the, of their political battles is because the machine is never off. Well, now it's never, not off, now it's never off for us. It's never off for us. Somebody in the cigar advocacy arena, Josh and I will be texting each other at 1 a.m. Our staff will be finding out about something on a Saturday. We'll all be meeting for a staff call on, on a Monday morning at 8 o'clock. The machine's never off now that this industry has an established president, presence in Washington, D.C., and a network that allows us to influence our, the course of events for this industry in 50 different states. That's and that's the new day in the neighborhood. That's the new day in the neighborhood for the premium cigar industry. And it's required that we have to fight above our weight class. I mean, they, are, they beat us in the numbers, you know, both from a financial perspective and a human capital perspective. But, you know, we, we want to, you know, shorten the gap between that. And we got to get more people signed up for cigaraction.org, um, which is, you know, completely free for, for consumers. Um, it's when the public comments or letters that, that go out on things like this tax increase, I mean, we reached 30,000 people, uh, 30,000 consumers through the federal tax fight. However, that should be 300,000. Uh, that's what the public health groups are doing. And I think that, you know, we're getting better at mobilizing the retailers to then go to their consumers and say, hey, you need to get involved in this. But we are infinitely better at the quality of messaging, but we don't have the quantity. And we have to make improvements in that quantity. And a lot of times people will compare, you know, CRA and PCA to the NRA. And like, why don't, why don't we have this machine that the NRA has? 
well, I always say it's a lot easier when you have the, the Second Amendment and, uh, you know, the, the funding, number one, behind that. Um, but, you know, we're working to tailor our organization and apply strategies and best practices that are conducive and sustainable uh, to our industry and to our uh, stakeholder groups. And there are a lot of people that give time, talent, and treasure in the manufacturing sector, in the retailing sector, to keep this going, to keep, you know, uh, Glenn, Glenn and myself and our team going. And that's why, you know, in, in 2021, it was imperative that we had a good show and we have a good show in 2022 uh, for people to support that that fight. Very much so, very much so. So real quick, before we uh, kind of wrap things up here, I did want to touch on FDA. Um, I know things have kind of been seemingly maybe a little quiet-ish on that front. Maybe I don't want to like maybe don't over- jinx us. I don't. I don't want to. I don't. Well, I don't. I also don't want to misstate it. But like you know, where where are we at? I guess what's Hold an on. update? Let on? me knock on wood. What what's <laughs> what's an update on FDA? A couple of things uh, with the, the FDA. Uh, number one, this year they. Uh, pulled the uh, public comment uh, for and the the rulemaking process for premium cigars. They pulled that docket um, and have supplemented that with a contracted study with the National Academies of Sciences and Medicine. Their study is basically a literature review to inform future regulations on premium cigars it is on the health effects and usage of premium cigars. And um, I've presented to this doctor, it's a group of about 15 or so doctors, public health professionals. Um, we've had several industry stakeholders, the, the body parts group or the anti-tobacco groups also um, you know, presented in, in these forums. They are actively working on a study that will come out in April of uh, this coming year. Uh, there's also the intention, uh, the, the Biden administration released their intention to ban the sale of menthol cigarettes as well as flavored cigars. So the flavored cigar component is interesting because this was a basically a press release that the FDA put out with the Biden administration. And does it mean characterizing flavor? Like, how, what is that going to mean when it comes to fla- flavoring? Is it going to include your, um, you know, barrel-aged cigars? Is it going to include things like that? So that's on our radar. We're, we're going to have to, to look and see what that policy that comes out actually means. And when I, it's misleading to say that it's a ban because it will enter the rulemaking process. So when people are like, oh, my gosh, cigar flavored cigars and menthol cigarettes are going to get banned next year. That's not the case. That's it will be their intention and their policy will be released. There's a public comment period, likely litigation um, following that. So you're years away from any potential ban or, or final rule on that. Um, also, interestingly enough. Yesterday, a report came out uh, in the Washington Post and Politico that indicated that uh, the Center for Tobacco Tobacco Products Director, Mitch Zeller, uh, will be leaving the agency in April of next year. Um, That is a a big um, 
you know, development, something that, you know, we knew that that was, there were, there were murmurs of that for a while. Uh, but it would be great if, if the um, center for tobacco products were able to, to, to get a director that understood the distinctions of uh, premium cigars and other tobacco products. It would be great if that person, you know, it's going to be a medical pr- professional, which is perfectly fine. Um, but we're hoping that that person isn't coming from the truth initiative or campaign for tobacco free kids or one of these zealot groups that, you know, take uh, a stance that all tobacco is bad. So, you know, that, that's something that we're going to have to closely look at. I mentioned that, that, that relative peace. Um, I expect the, the first few months of 2022 to have that, but um, there could be some major developments that, that could be detrimental to premium cigars uh, in 2022. Again, not in the immediate, it, it won't be something where like, you know, with tobacco 21, which we had at the, the end of last year or the year before the COVID years kind of blend together. Yeah, yeah. But um, where it was like, all right, you have a month and then you're, <clears throat> you're not supposed to sell cigarettes or, or you're not supposed to sell any tobacco products uh, to people that are in that 18 to 21 gap. So, uh, or, or, you know, uh, or younger. So that's, uh, that's some interesting developments there. Glenn, any, any take that you have on the, the FDA front? Yes. Yes. Because you just gave me a brilliant idea. I have been seeing the same cardiologist for four years now. And not once has he asked me to quit smoking cigars. So I'm going to nominate him to be the new <laughs> director of the center for tobacco products. <laughs> I like it. So I, I think real just to just to dovetail with what Josh says. I mean, I'm convinced that the study that's released in April is going to become an excuse to reopen the rulemaking process. Once again, proving that the industry's got to be ever diligent in keeping up its legal and political channels to saving itself to protecting itself. Um, so whereas that study in and of itself is not the know-all be-all, it has no direct regulatory power, but it can become an excuse for exercising regulatory power. And I, I think that probability is very, very high, but fortunately, thanks to the multi, multi-million dollar investment made in the former litigation and public comment process with the FDA, this industry has now developed a record that as that allows us to, uh, accumulate allows has allowed us to accumulate mountains of research i'm talking thousands of pages of research that go to the heart of our lack of adverse public health impact they go to the heart of establishing the demographic of what a cigar consumer is in this country that goes to the heart of proving that because of the lack of you know chemical and nicotine manipulation of tobacco we're not the problem We've now been able to substantiate this using government-funded studies. This thousands of pages of research and filed public comment and filed litigation and research that's been introduced to support us in a legislative context is now totally 100% at our disposal to defend us with the next director of the Center for Tobacco Products, to defend us with the next presidential administration, to defend us with the next regulatory threat. That 
multi, multi-million dollar investment is going to pay for itself many, many times over into the future. And it is the reason that new cigars can still come on the market. It's the reason that the box like you just held up is not plagued with misleading government speech about, you know, misleading public health impact. It's a new day in the neighborhood. And we need to celebrate the past, uh, use that research to defend its future so that other ge- future generations can, can enjoy this industry the way you and I are today. And, and to that point, I mentioned earlier, how do people let you know about things going on at the local level? How do folks listening, watching this, get involved with you? How do they become members of your association? Join us at CigarAction.org. Put your name and zip code, and you are a part of the Brethren when you do that. It allows us to keep you informed of every single issue confronting you as a cigar consumer in your respective state, as well as what's going on with your congressional delegation. It is our conduit to the consumer community, and we're asking every retailer that's listening to this to circulate that link. Put that link on your website. Give your consumers the opportunity to sign up and grow our grassroots network. Listen, if we can put um, if we can put the word out there that we want a thousand cigar consumers for every congressional district in America, that gives us a political base that every special interest group in the country would give its right arm for. And there's no excuse for not doing that. We need a thousand consumers per congressional district. And you know what? If you get that many. You can sway some elections. Definitely. You know, and I would say, you know, one other thing, um, we've done some some fundraising, uh, online fundraising where consumers can contribute, um, as well as we host a an event in October every year here in Washington, D.C., uh, partnering with uh, the local retail tobacconists as well as our manufacturing partners for, you know, a 150 person consumer event. So if you're in the DMV area, um, you know, we love to have folks come out to that event uh, to support the association. Uh, um, So there there will be some financial ways. We we don't, you know, currently have the the consumer membership uh, other than the cigar action, you know, advocacy database. Uh, But there are some ways to, to get involved from a financial perspective. But the big thing, and our, our bread and butter of the association is the retailers and getting all uh, each and every retailer or tobacconist or cigar bar. You know, there's a lot of new ones that are, are popping up. And one of the things that uh, Glenn and I have made a priority for next year um, is to go out and meet a lot of those new ones, get them to become PCA members, have them understand that PCA is, you know, we have a great trade show. But the organization is a lot bigger than the trade show itself. The advocacy, um, you know, during the the height of COVID, when you know the association had its share of struggles, advocacy never stopped. Advocacy was the one thing that you know maintained throughout all of those um, you know uh, those financial issues because of its important. And uh, ultimately, we were able to see those victories through uh, because it never stopped. For sure. Well, gentlemen, I know we've been talking for a while. We've covered a lot of topics. Is there anything before we uh, we let you go that maybe we haven't touched on that you think is important for our listeners? I, you know, I, I just want to take the time to thank you both for hosting us uh, on the show and, and providing, you know, outlets like this. I, I'm a huge fan of all the 
the cigar media and have listened to the the show in the past and and, in other outlets. Um, I think that you all do uh, an incredible job at getting information and anytime you need uh, a a resource from us, we're happy to give it. And um, you know, if you're in Washington, DC, we would love to host you for, for, for a cigar sometime. Oh, that'd be fantastic. And I think we can make that happen. Yeah. See, and this is not, if nothing else, proof that Jeff and I can have an actual interview where we don't show our ass. <laughs> it's been a struggle. It's it's, it's, it's been a struggle. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> seriously, Joshua, Glenn, very nice talking to you. Glenn, good to see you again. And uh, good to see you. Thanks. We Thanks hope for to uh, us. we hope to circle back up with you guys again soon. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. We're back. Do we want to do that, or do we want to do something funny? I thought that was funny. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I could I could do my Hannibal impression of us doing. No, let's not. Let's let's not have, anyway. have a liver and some uh, fava beans with a nice Chianti. Anyway, <sighs> God. Anyway, all right. So they we want we really want to thank Josh and uh, Glenn for we taking. Do. Uh, time out of their day to uh speak to us about a, a very important topic cigars you know, let's be real guys i yep. mean you know i mean it, it, look there's there's there, there's nothing funny about politics yeah there's a lot funny about politics well, there is, but there's nothing funny <laughs> about dirty rotten politicians coming after our cigars well and here's so, the problem with the scoundrels you know <clears throat> i i i want to thank them for taking time out to talk to us about you've, what they're you've doing. got two sets of people coming at us from either end You've got the politicians that want to get every dime they can squeeze out of us. Yes. Okay. And on the other end, you get the Karens. Yep. And they're they both coming for us. Save us from the tobacco. Save us from ourselves. And some Thanks, ca- Karen. And in some cases, there are people like Dick Durbin. And I'm going conti- to continue the moratorium, Good. even though we're not in but the interview. But that is not, not fair to them. We're not in the interview section. I'm going to continue the moratorium because... But you're about to do something. No, I'm not. But what I am going to point out is there's some people like Dick Durbin that are both. They're both the do-gooder and the Karen. Yes. They're going to get rid of tobacco because it's in our but, it's in our best interest. But charge us out the ass why they're doing it. By taxing the shit yeah. out of it. And that's just wrong, too. That's Amen. just wrong, too. But then, I, and, and they pointed it out, you know... There's all these revenue estimates about how much money they're going to make off mm-hmm. these taxes and everything. But how are they going to do that if they tax the the user, you and me, yep. into not using it anymore? Well, yeah. At that point, they lose every dime of our money. Well, but they also destroy the economies in Central America and the Caribbean. I, just, I don't get it. It's like, I don't and know. And drive just, more people here. Because I think that's ultimately the goal. I guess. I think they're trying to flood the country with immigrants and... If there are thriving economies, or I shouldn't say thriving, but if, if there are some businesses that are thriving in these communities, in these countries, that doesn't play into their agenda. They want to destroy these countries, so they have to come here. Okay. Makes no sense. Not to me. Not but. really. So, all right. So, buddy, you and I are smoking the Rocky Patel Vintage 2006 San yes. Andreas. What do you get on your cigar? Cigar. You're, you're significantly further along than I, I am. am. I mean, Jeff has been... Uh, well, he's I've been smoking, smoking like a chimney here. I have too, but I just take my time. I enjoy my cigar. You're just like gotta get it done. Gotta. You have a very cigarette mentality in your cigar. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's just 
you with the noises today. Very disturbing. I really like the Hannibal noise. Let me let but me do it. No, one more time. I really don't. No, 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 no. No. Oh God. Anyway. <laughs> oh Lord. Jeffrey the Cannibal. Oh God. Anyway. So, all right. Well. Um. So, what are you getting on the cigar? Have cigar. you done a retro hail? No. You've gone that long, and you haven't done a retro hail. Whoa. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I tried to warn you. No, there's some strength to that. Oh, my God. Yeah, and it, God, Dude, it's it still burnt, burning. Like, no, it burns. It's still burning. That's a harsh pepper. Yeah, it is. That, that's a strong pepper <laughs> on the retro hail. This guy's got some strength to it. You yeah, know what? it does. Here's the thing. And this is my first cigar of the day. I am just going to be upfront and honest about it. Damn. Rocky Patel, by and large, I don't find many cigars in his line that yeah. um, really blow your skirt up. Really set my world on fire. Yeah, exactly. Um, they're good, you know, but but not there hasn't been anything that's just like blown me away. Yeah, so far, I'm gonna say this. So far, I have been really digging this 2006 San Andreas. Okay. This has had some. It's it's burning great. Um, I did have what I thought was a little bit of a void issue there in the beginning. You can kind of see it there. Um, There's Lucy. Oh dear God! Say hi, Lucy. She looks petrified. She makes all that big noise. Anyway, can you stop playing with your dog and just concentrate so we can get this episode? I like done? my dog. Everybody, everybody anyway. out there's going. Oh, Lucy. I'm going to have to hashtag this dogs oh, of Instagram or something Pretty like Lucy. That. Dogs of Cigar Pulpit. There you go. Oh, it's a good girl. Dear God. Anyway, so, but it's it's burning good. Um, even with that little bit of a void issue there, it's continued to burn well. Yeah. Um, Flavor-wise, it's it's strength. It's kind of, I get a little earthiness to it, a little bit of, um, little bit of pepper, and then obviously significant pepper on the retrohale. Um, it's a good cigar. I'm actually, yeah. you know what? It's a Rocky Patel that knows somebody. It's a Rocky Patel that knows somebody. Exactly. Yep. And, and you know. Do you ever notice you always repeat what I say? This is the Rocky. Happens a lot. Guys, this, start this, tracking that. This might be the Rocky Patel I've been looking for. All your life. Well, not about all my life, but. Well, the last two years since you've been smoking. Three. Going on three. When no, we, it was July 2018 that we went to Vegas. Okay. It's been over three, going on four. Oh, my. Right? I know, right? I know. I okay, know. say bye, Lucy. Bye. Say bye, Lucy. Only thing I'm not confident about is the ash strength on this thing, because it is a very flaky mm-hmm. white ash. You know? I haven't tested the and uh, ash I consistency. I do not want to nuke myself as I decided to wear my white jacket. Today. I will tell you something. The the cigars that I bought at Long Ash mm-hmm. are holding up to their name because they are very well constructed. Well, good. Down at Ebor. Yep. Okay. Well, there was a unsolicited plug for Long Ash cigars there. So there we go. Yeah, Brittany, I'll throw you a plug there. Okay. Well. Anyway, well, dude, why don't we uh, go ahead and get into a what I believe will be a very abbreviated Ask the Boys for okay. this week. Okay. We got a couple of calls. We got a couple. Shall we play a game? 
You talking to me? I have a question for you. You gotta ask me nicely. Ask me about my wiener! You got a question. You ask the eight ball. Come on, sucker. Let's, Let's get, get it on. on. So, okay, guys, it's time for Ask the Boys, where we uh, answer your listener questions. And you can call the hotline at area code 863-874-0000 and get your questions in. Doesn't yes. have to be about cigars. can be about anything, life, relationship advice, how to shut up a dog, <laughs> you know, whatever. You know, I mean, she's just protecting us. We're not very she's, good at that. She's keeping her head on a swivel for us. It's because she's tiny and she's afraid. Yeah. She's she's what the predators call a meal. Oh my god! Oh, the cigar choked me up. And but in her defense, and I don't have a cool, tasty beverage. In her defense, Jeff's if, a horrible host. It, here, have some of my coffee. I don't want your. I don't want your coffee. Have some of my COVID coffee. I don't want. Oh god! I don't want your coffee. No, in Lucy's defense, she's protecting us from random vehicles that drive through the cul-de-sac. All she's got to do is hear a muffler, and she goes nuts. True. And in all fairness, I mean, you do have owls here. And she would be an owl. Yes, snack. yes. Yeah. And I've tried to explain that to her and to the cat because our cat keeps trying to sneak and to out. Your daughter. Yeah, yeah. Those owls are mean. Yeah, we they were they were out here hooting the other night. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, why don't we go ahead and get into the first question here? Hey there, fellas. This is Jim Beebe with Smoking Cat Approved Cigar Rests and Ashtrays. We met him. That uh, was a great. Uh, Great visit on Sunday. It was really nice to be able to meet you guys. Um, had a good time. Um, I was just listening to one of the more recent casts, part two, and um, you guys are discussing how the Wi-Fi works on the plane. Airplane, yep. and this actually it's the it's the All Saints um, episode after part two, which really sounded interesting. Um, what I found, Gator, you said your phone quit sending and receiving anything when you got on the plane, like they had some kind of suppressor. Yes. What I found is if your Wi-Fi is enabled and your Wi-Fi um, signal shows up in the top right corner of your phone, it's uh, your phone's trying to use their Wi-Fi that you probably haven't yet logged onto and agreed to their terms okay. or paid their fee or whatever is required to actually use the Wi-Fi. Uh, when I used to travel three or four times a week uh, in a plane, I would have to turn the Wi-Fi off to be able to continue to send text messages to coworkers or to my uh. wife until we got in the air, and then I was able to log on to the Wi-Fi um, and continue the conversation over uh, Makes sense. Wi-Fi instead of cell phone data. And then as far as the Flight 93, I'm not certain this is the case, um, but I have found that when we're descending, um, I can get some cell tower signal. That makes sense. They were flying low were turned yeah. off. There were 10,000 or so, yeah. receive text messages, uh, and it's possible that they were just low enough that they were able to pick up signal and make phone calls to their families. Um, anyways, that's my commentary on that, and I uh, hope Thank you guys you. have a great rest of the week recovering from travel. Glad you didn't get arrested at Hotel Alba. Um, Me too. And uh, I'll finish listening to that episode now. 
Dude, thanks for calling. Thanks, it was so Jim. nice to meet him. It really was great to meet Jim. Um, I owe he, him some cigars, and he wouldn't let me buy them because I think he likes holding over me. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> Jim's a super cool guy. He makes those, I, we've talked about them before, those Smoking Cat approved um, they're cigar really props. They're really cool, yeah. And uh, they're really, really cool. I think I have one and here. Do you have yours here? I think so. Yeah, I would hope so. I mean, we are on your deck. <laughs> the, the JRA Tobacco Aladino Mobile Studio. Look, check this thing out, guys. Yeah. Look at that uh, that prop. It is super heavy, made of nice material. He can hook you up with these. Yep. Yep. And, Good stuff. Uh, yep. So just reach out to uh, Smoking Cat Approved on Instagram, um, and uh, Jim can can get those too. Yep. Yeah. It, it was really funny. Nice. He photobombed my picture with Mister Newman. Yeah, with your uh, Eric. Yep. 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 And I told him, I said, "Oh, that's that's Eric Newman." I said, here, I owe you some cigars. Let me buy you some Americans. He said, oh, I just bought some. And I'm like, oh, so I'm still going to owe you. And he said, yes, and smiled. Uh, he does like holding it over mm-hmm. you. Anyway. Well, Jim, good to hear from you. So next call here. Nick, Gator. It's me, Dave. No socials, just Dave. Hey, Dave. I'm just Dave. Hey, Dave. Hey, I got a question for you guys. Uh, I've been listening to the podcast for a while. I think I've listened to every episode. Although, honestly, I haven't listened to every episode with um, intensity that maybe pick up every little thing. I may have missed a few things along the way. That's okay. But here's something I was wondering about the other day. Whatever happened with Martinez cigars? I mean, you guys were shilling them, those, those cigars hard, the Pulpit Series, the Gator, the Nick. Put the Gator in your mouth, blah, 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 all that. I bought a tin of the Gators of the, of the Pulpit Series, the, you know, the, the, the Bishop and the Gator, they're... they're Good cigars. You guys were showing them here, get them there, have Dave on the show a bunch, and then all of a sudden one day they're just it was just gone. And did I miss something? What happened? And then I noticed this is when I was listening to the episode a long while back of the Martinez event at the Riverman Company. Is that the interaction, the reception, the uh, repartee between you and the Martinez guys seemed a little bit frosty. So I'm just wondering, uh, something go wrong? Do they get tired of Gator's, you know, ass hattery? Uh, was there something else that's going on? Just you know, unless they're invested in the show, just curious. If ass hattery. Know, what happened with Martinez cigars? It, all right, that's all. Hattery. Uh, yeah, ass know, hattery. I like that. They say stay smoky, all that bullshit. Um, all right, we'll talk to you again soon. Okay, you can guarantee it. Um, I'll Later. I'll address it. It. Uh, you know, it was a project that we took on. It was a limited time project. The uh, There are still cigars out there you can find in retail shops. I happen to still buy them when we're out in retail shops. I like my cigar. I like the Gator. So, and I like Nick's cigar too, the Bishop. Um, it is a, it was a limited project. It is done. It is over. Um, there you go. There you go. There you go. That, that. And and you know, like you said at the Riverman event, we had we had Dave on. Now he talked a lot with uh, our buddy Al Roman because we were doing a joint show and that's that the day. Thing. That that was more you know the Al time of the joint show because if yeah. you go back to the Good Cigars feed as well as our feed, we literally released the exact same episode. Yeah. So it's one of those things where you know we had to split time accordingly with us and with Al. And yep. so, you know, and 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 I assume the Martinez guys that. will probably be back for next year and, you know, have have Christian there rolling and, you know, it's uh they make a fine product. Yeah, I haven't heard any details about next year. I mean, I guess it's 
still a little early. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's only December, so. Yeah, but I wouldn't you know, be surprised if they're back. Time. And like I said, they, they make a fine product. I got no problems with it at all. Yep. So that's uh, that's that. Yeah. So anyway, well, speaking of that's that, that would be this week's Ask the Boys. Um, we are a little light on calls this week due to the fact that we did Ask the Boys on the Friday show last week, playing catch up with the whole Tampa trip and everything. So guys, get your questions in for next week by calling the Ask the Boys hotline at area code 863-874-0000 and uh, get those in so that we can have some to answer. Good deal. So, Jeff, the Rocky Patel Vintage 2006 San Andreas. <laughs> I, just, I think I just nuked you. Oh Sorry. <coughs> Let yeah. me lean back to exhale. You just, I just literally... <laughs> God, you better hope I don't have COVID. Oh, God. I just inhaled your whole exhale. That was like an entire... Just massive plume of smoke. It wasn't on purpose. And if you noticed during oh, the entire God. interview with PCA, oh. I was smoking and you weren't, and it was just blowing right at you the whole time, well, I, which is backwards, because normally the prevailing winds go from west to east, and both both days we recorded this, it's oh. gone backwards. Yeah, dude, it's been painful, because, um, oh. yeah, during that interview, so you'll notice I wasn't smoking, Jeff was. Um, the reason for that is because it was extraordinarily, um, humid, damp, humid, moist, whatever you want to say out and And cold and cold. And so quite frankly, I just was kind of like, let's just get the interview and get gun. And, um, then we went an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't mind. I mean, you know, it well, was, it was, it was good. good info. It was good information yep. and everything. I don't mind that at, at all, but it's just kind of one of those things. I, about halfway through, I was like, I could have had a cigar. You should have. I told you to. Yeah, I said, have a cigar, Nick. No. That's what it is. I'm too I don't good even, to smoke with the guys from PCA. I, I wasn't. Well, I'm not saying that. I just kind of what you said. I did not. It was the outcome. It wasn't. Well, I, anyway. I don't even know if I had any cigars with me. Now that I think well, about I'd it, I'd have shared. Giving you a nice Connecticut shade grown. Oh boy. Anyway, so yeah, so um, I'm digging the Rocky Patel, the the vintage 2006. I'm I'm really, in all seriousness, I'm really liking this cigar. Yeah. Um, this is a you cigar. I it is. This is a little much for me as a first cigar of the day. I admit. Now if. If I'd had three or four before we recorded this, uh, I might be looking at it different. But it was a it was a meaty cigar out of the gate oh. for me. Did oh. you do another retro hail? Why are you doing that to yourself? It's man, it's still spicy, still spicy. It's not hitting me as hard as it as it did the first time. I don't know if I was like able to like gird my loins a little bit and prepare for don't it. But ever, like, don't ever mention your loins again. But on the show. Uh, um, it, nobody it, wants it to was, hear that. It was it was better. This time than it was last time, but no, I, dude, I'm, I sound surprised. I sound well. You're not a Rocky guy. I'm not a Rocky yeah. guy, and and no disrespect to Rocky, you know, I'm gonna separate the man from the cigars for a moment, and I'm gonna say, Rocky Patel has done, um, some things for this industry that a lot of manufacturers don't. Yeah, I mean, he's been a, a, an awesome face, um, to the public. He's been an awesome advocate. 
um, to both the public and the politicians on behalf of premium cigars. Mm-hmm. He makes an awesome L- guys. You know, I, look, I'm not a I'm not a guy who watches a lot of political talk shows and things like that. I, I just I'm I'm kind of over it, and quite frankly, it just everything about it irritates me anymore. But um, check out his clip from Tucker Carlson. Google, I've never like, seen it. go to YouTube and look and just search for Rocky Patel, Tucker Carlson, and check out Rocky's segment on Tucker Carlson. And you will see that man give the most succinct, perfect, like short elevator pitch for premium cigars and why we need to preserve the premium cigar industry um, that you'll ever hear. He, he's, he just nailed, Rocky nails it. And it's one of those things. I'm going to listen to that as soon as we're done. He, I mean, you know, look, like I said, by and large, I find a lot of his cigars just don't hit my palate. They hit a lot of people's palate, which is why he's like one of the biggest manufacturers in the world. But, you know, they don't hit my palate yeah. for the most part. Um, this cigar, though, this cigar does hit my palate. And I'm really digging this cigar. Okay. And it's got a little bit of complexity to it. And I, I like it. I like it a lot. So. Anyway, Fair Rocky enough. Patel Vintage 2006 San Andreas, courtesy of the December My Monthly Cigars box. What is My Monthly Cigars, Nick? Well, why don't we just find gonna out? going to shop that out what, again, are you? Well, I am going to shop that out again. This would normally be the time that I give some information about My Monthly Cigars, but I've hired that out this week, so take it away. My Monthly Cigars is a premium cigar subscription service. It comes in a variety of different size boxes at affordable prices. Use offer code PULPIT and get free shipping on your first box and 20% off any items in the online store at MyMonthlyCigars.com. That's offer code PULPIT. Thanks. Now, you know what else you can get at MyMonthlyCigars.com right now? You can get... Fucking good coffee. There's the the, uh, QR. Daily Press. The Daily Press... The sun is causing issues with showing this card. The Daily Press. That is the official cigar pulpit uh, fucking good coffee right and, there. And, and let me point out, you can also get that candy cane crap. So, <laughs> Jeff, God, your he, face is just going to hate my I was going to say, he's going to have some words for you when he some comes on. Some people might because, like it. You know what? Not I mean, my like thing. That, 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 you don't, but you don't need to shit on it. You don't need to shit on it. <laughs> Who puts a candy cane in coffee? People obviously do. Somebody might you like it. You don't need to shit There on may it. be listeners that like it. it it's very Call, possible. Let us know if you like it. And if you do like it, make sure you order some from uh, Nick Gervais over there. My By the way, I'm, when I'm reaching over on the camera there, I'm ashing. I'm having to like... He's re- using the ashtray to prop up a box in front of him to get rid of some of the sun glare. The sun glare is horrible. Well, they can tell from here down like we're completely burned out. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but anyway... Um, no, I mean, some people may like the candy cane in the coffee. I, you know, look, it's probably not my thing. I can't say. Never tried it. But, uh, you know, you don't even call it candy cane crap. <laughs> there might be people that say that cigar pulpit crap. What, but no, it's really good. But it is really good. Yeah, you should try it. it it's is. the Daily Press, yeah. courtesy of fucking And if you coffee. think it's crap, then screw you. And we'll come to your house and cut you. <laughs> God. Slash your tires. I wish I had the uh, Gurkha knife. Slash your tires. Yeah. Pour some sugar in your gas tank. Oh, my God. That, you, know, you can't fix that. Oreo cookies all across the windshield. You know what else you can't fix? Icing side down on the glass. Oh what You know what else you can't fix? I watched a girl in Pinckneyville, Illinois at Motomart 
pump diesel fuel into a gas car. Nope, can't fix that. No, and that'll and fuck that car up. Thank God she didn't start the engine because she basically totaled that car. She realized what she'd done, and she luckily called her dad, who called a mechanic, and they came up. We roll. I helped them roll it away. We rolled it away. They were able to pump the gas out of it. They were able to drain the tank and didn't run it through the engine. That's so good. you do not want to do that. No, 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 no. don't want to do that. So anyway, yeah. So yeah, be oh. sure to go get yourself some fucking good coffee. Newt me with your exhale again. That was awesome. Yeah, get some fucking good coffee. Oh, fucking! It's fucking good. Fucking good. It's fucking good. <laughs> fucking candy canes. Fucking good. Anyway, so Jeff, it's Tuesday. It is Tuesday. No, but I can get one quick. Why don't you have a joke? I literally asked you earlier. You did. Do you have a joke? And you're like, oh, shit, I got a good joke. Hold on. Way to to drop the ball on that one, buddy. Oh, no, I'm going to pull it up here. Okay. Okay. See, this way people get to see how the sausage is made. Okay. Going to my, my standard country living. I have a joke for you. Okay. So these three girls. A blonde, a brunette, and a redhead. Okay. They rob a bank. Okay. They're on the run from the cops. And they're running, and they're running, and they're running, and then finally they're like, hey, look, it's a barn. Let's let's duck into the barn and, and escape the cops. Okay. So they run into the barn. Well, the cops, they see the girl, the last girl, they see the, the last girl shut the door. Was it the blonde, the brunette, or the redhead? Who was the last one? Doesn't matter. They see one I of think the, it's relevant they, to the story. The blonde. Fine. The blonde. Okay. So the blonde's bringing up the rear. Okay. So they shut the door. And the cops see the door shut. So okay. they surround the barn. And they go into the barn. And okay. they're looking all around. And they can't find the girls. Because the girls have hidden in some big, like, burlap sacks. Big, okay. Big sacks. Okay. okay. Feed sacks. Precisely. Okay. So the cops are walking around. They're looking. At when I was a kid, we used to use those the burlap like that. We used to use them. Actually, they were more of a cotton or a hemp blend. But we would uh, use that to uh, store our uh, red clover seed. So the cops see these bags. And the one cop gets out his his baton, and he's going up to the bag, and he's looking at it, and kind of taps the one first bag, and this bag contains the redhead. Okay. And she just goes, arf, 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 arf. And they're like, okay, there's some dogs in this bag. So the next bag, and uh, just run with it, Jeff. Just run with it. So it was the redhead. Run with it. Okay. So then they go to the next bag. This bag has the brunette in it. Okay. The and brunette. This, and this brunette. In the second bag. In the second bag. Okay. They, they tap the bag with the with the baton. Okay. And she just goes, or No, no. She meows. She meows. The first dog was the dog. This, this one, she meows. Okay. Okay. So like, she didn't make the howling noise like a dog. She no, meowed like she a meowed cat. like a cat. Okay. To which they're like some cats in this bag. Bag of cats. Now why why they're okay with a bag of dog and a bag of cats? I don't know. It's the joke. Okay. But it, but suspend belief for this. So then they the, go to the last the bag story. that contains the blonde. Yes. And they tap the bag, and they hear potatoes, potatoes. Now see, that's funny. <laughs> okay, you ready for mine? Yes. Why couldn't the bicycle stand up by itself? Why not? It was too tired. That was, that was bad, Jeff. I thought that was going to go with the crickets, but I like that. That was, that was bad. That was really bad. You know me. I like a good rim shot. It <laughs> was bad. That was just, that was bad. I liked it. There was nothing good about that. 
My potato potato joke was better than that. The potato was good. Yeah. I heard that a long time ago and it is You taken- know what she could have said too? She could have said beets, beets. Well the point is by saying anything, it drew attention to the fact that it was a person. If it was potatoes, she would have just said nothing. Oh, so what you're getting at is the potatoes <laughs> wouldn't have talked. Yes. <laughs> oh, we've run out of steam. <laughs> <laughs> How do they reach us on the socials there, Nick? So, Jeff, we're on Instagram at the Cigar Pulpit as well as at Naked Gator. Although, I, I'm, I'm putting this out there. As of the first episode of January... The first episode of 2022, mm-hmm. if you have not rectified the password situation, I'm going to stop mentioning the Naked Gator page. Okay. Like, you, you, you've you you've shanked this. You've literally violated contractual obligations. Like, not, like, you've... you've it's not my fault that Mark Zuckerberg banned me from Instagram. They didn't, though. All you have to do the is shadow, just... Shadow ban. No. All you have to do is just disengage, like, delete the... the um, App but on your phone, the re-engage. but th- th- therein lies your issue: is yeah. that you can't remember your password. Yeah, it has nothing to do with Zuckerberg. Oh, I, it's got okay. It kind of has Zuckerberg to do with Zuckerberg. But the point is, you really the point, the point remains. I do wonder if Zuckerberg has um, shadow banned uh, the cigar pulpit page. I have noticed the likes yep. on pictures on Instagram have been significantly down. They were they were pretty high during our trip to Tampa. Yeah. And then ever since we got back from Tampa, it's been significantly less. Yeah. Like we're talking it was about close to two hundred likes down in Tampa. I and it's been like sixty likes. I had a friend do an back. experiment. My friend Cheryl. And she's pretty politically vocal. Um, very conservative. And she put a post up, said the exact same thing in two posts an hour apart. One post got a ton of response, likes, comments, whatnot. The other post, crickets chirped. She put a story link in the first post that got no response. The second one, she didn't include a story link, just used the same exact verbiage, and it got a ton of response. Story link to what? To a story about politics. Ah, so the implication there is, is that, that by sharing the a article, conservative story by sharing the article yes. to what Fox News? I don't know if it was Fox. It might have been a CNN. Whatever it was, it was a pro-conservative story, though. But by doing so, yes. it was hidden and got yes. like no likes or comments or anything. But where? No, it's the, not scientific. But it kind of made you go. Hmm. But whereas the post that was just text, yes, interesting. Yeah, interesting. And then she screenshot them both, and you know, put put that up and yeah there was a definite difference in the interactions with that post well there you go yeah well so yes that kind of bs is going on i believe okay well that's our instagram situation it's not a rock solid data point but it was it was interesting we're also on facebook where we have the cigar pulpit parishioners group and you guys can join that and get in on the fun there we're also on twitter where i pretty much do next to nothing we're on youtube where we're posting this kind of garbage every week now. what about me we we own um, the me well, i i personally have a me we i haven't logged into it in quite some time okay. it's it's you know it's there but like you know we don't really do anything on myspace it. still down um there is no myspace okay. no um and then i want to put up my songs we we do need the uh, i keep asking what your top five songs are and you never really give a proper answer to that but um i play them all the time at top shooters god <laughs> you do actually and they i'm a rocket man <laughs> 
Anyway. My other favorite is uh, Anchorman. Yeah, yeah. Afternoon yeah. Delight by the Anchorman crew. Yeah. Um, anyway, and then uh, we need, need your questions for Ask the Boys by calling the Ask the Boys hotline. Area code 863-874-0000. Now, coming up on Friday's show, that's when we're going to have Nick Gervais, where we're going to smoke another selection from the December My Monthly Cigars box. And and do um, Christmas gift ideas. Yes, that will be the episode where we give Christmas gift ideas for cigar smokers. So um, this has kind of turned into a little bit of an annual thing for us and yeah. everything. So I think it's a good People idea. People look forward to it. Well, you know, I mean, I, I I wonder if anybody actually uses it. I've had people tell me they do. Well, that's good. Yeah. Okay. Well, there we go. Well, guys. We um, have to hurry up and get going because the sun is rapidly encroaching as it drops. Yeah, it's going to yeah. it's going to it's going to burn us completely out here before long. Well, I am speaking of burning. I am down to probably coming up on the edge of the final third yeah. of this Rocky Patel I'm in the nub. 2006 San Andreas. Looking forward to seeing what the final third of this cigar brings me. <laughs> Keep exhale. Jeff's exhale. Sorry. In the face. Um, in the face. In the face. In the face. I'm not doing it on purpose. I want to put that. Oh, out. God. But it's just hitting me. So the prevailing badly. winds are going backwards it's today. It's horrible. It's just horrible. Yep. Um. Anyway, so I got that uh, to look forward to. Hey, and, and, uh, and we do want to give a quick shout out uh, before we end here on a serious note. There were oh, a lot of people. That's true. A lot of people that have been devastated by the spout of uh, tornadoes that we had come through last Friday night. Throughout the Midwest and our, oh, our, Tennessee, our prayers. Tennessee, Arkansas, Kentucky, Illinois. And, and Illinois. And I believe Missouri, too. No, it was four states. It was Illinois, Tennessee, Kentucky, and Arkansas. Yeah. And, guys, we want to, you know, put our thoughts, our prayers out there to everybody that was affected by that. We had listeners reach out to us to make sure that we were okay. It it kind of split the difference around us and went north and south of us, but yeah, I mean, let's be a lot real. of lot of really bad damage. Yeah, you know, I'm sure you guys have heard about the Amazon plant in Edwardsville, Illinois, that was struck. The candle um, factory in Mayfield, Kentucky. Uh, the uh, but that Amazon plant is 35 minutes uh, yeah. from my place. Yeah. I mean, you just hop the highway. I mean, it's you know, 30, I, I passed it last night. You know, so I mean, and it was kind of weird going by it because. You know, normally at night um, through there, you just see the warehouse. It's just a warehouse district. So you yep. see all these warehouses. Last night, though, they had the big spotlights up and they had the uh, the uh, diggers and the, the cranes and various things there, you know, the end loaders uh, well, and whatnot. Yeah, just yeah. moving moving debris and things like that. And it's, it's well, and they don't know yet if they're they're just in a, a cleanup phase or still a recovery phase because. They're still trying to get an accurate count on who was and wasn't in the building yeah. at the time. So it's uh, it's devastated a lot of folks, and our prayers go with them. Yep. So, you know, it, it, storms this time of year, man, they're weird. Well, you know, and, I mean. We, and you know it was so hot that day. It and, was. Yeah. It was very warm that day, especially for December. And it just, it came along. And, you know, I look, I was out in my ice tent when that storm rolled through. Yeah. And, you know, look, the ice tent, it shook a little bit from the wind. It wasn't that bad. Um, but, uh, I, in my area, I had high wind, I had lightning and thunder and a little bit of rain, yep. but not all that bad. Whereas just like I said, 35 minutes North of me, you know, you have a tornado and, um, 
you know, and and that Amazon factory or warehouse, it was hit in Edwardsville, Illinois. My my newspaper printer lives in Hillsboro, Illinois. For those of you who want to Google this to see geographically, you know what we're talking where about. The, where the where the yeah how we're, how distant we're it is. We're talking fifty five miles away. Okay, fifty five miles northeast of Edwardsville is Hillsboro, Illinois, and my printer had a giant chunk of insulation yeah. from that warehouse in his front lawn the next morning. Yeah. So, I mean, this thing spread debris 50 plus miles away. Well, they were they were crazy. saying the the one that went through um Kentucky and hit a little bit a little bit of Missouri, a little bit of Arkansas, a little bit of uh Tennessee if I'm not mistaken. Um that was updrafting somewhere around 30,000 feet. Wow. With debris. So, you know, that, that debris will carry a long way long way in a situation like that. But, no, you're right. We, you know, obviously our hearts go out to everybody who's been affected by that. And um, you just, you got to watch storms this time of year. I mean, everybody thinks about tornado season being more the springtime. Yep. Um, <clears throat> but what we have found here in the Midwest is that when storms pop up around this time of year, that, that Thanksgiving to Christmas time. I mean, remember, it was only a handful of years ago that we had the tornado roll through St. Louis. Hit the airport. Hit the airport yep. and everything. That was like, what, Christmas or Thanksgiving time might have been or something new, Might have like been that? New Year's. Yeah. It was, it was, it was somewhere around the beginning yeah. of the year. Yeah. Nobody thinks about it at this time of year, but they're more violent now because you have such drastic temperature changes that come through. Because, I mean, it was, what, 70-something degrees the day that that mm-hmm. storm rolled through, and the next day it was like 40-something. Yep. I mean, it was just a drastic change. So, anyway, you're right. The point is, you know, everybody needs to just be careful. And uh, I, I did to talk to our friend, Aria. Um, who is the publisher of the paper in Mayfield. Mm. And she's doing okay. Um, her newspaper office was hit, but not necessarily destroyed. They were across from the courthouse, if anybody has seen the images from down there. So there was a lot of destruction. And, you know, I just reached out to make sure she was okay and see if they, you know, I I actually offered up to see if she needed any help from our newspaper association in Southern Illinois, because we're just right across the she river. Used, well, and she used to work for the paper. She was a in, long-standing uh, member. Metropolis. Yes. And was a, a member of our organization, yeah. yeah. And and luckily with her company, they've they've had the resources to help her continue production. But uh, you know, a lot of smaller newspapers would have issues with that. And you know, I even offered up, uh, you know, if she needed to use any of our equipment or anything to produce her paper for this week. I mean, but she's got have, it covered. You do have twenty eight IMAX. True, around. I do have a lot of extra <laughs> IMAX. I think we talked about that on here. Yeah. <laughs> I was say, your your Bitcoin. Most you of know, them, most of operation. them fired up and worked. Well, there you go. Yeah, I think we only maybe have three to four that uh, so far as we're as That's we're checking. That's not them. bad. No, I don't think, how many have you checked? Uh, probably close to close to eighteen to twenty now, and we've only had three that aren't working. So That's I've got not, another. No, I've got that, another eight to that ten is, that I got to work is on. Not a bad ratio, all things be because you paid only like thirty six bucks a piece for yes. the computer. So no, that's not bad at all. So thank you, well, State of Illinois. Look at you, surplus auction. Look at you. So all right, well guys, um, unless Nick's uh, getting attacked by a bee, there, so we should probably hurry up and is get a going. Bee there, I'm. I think it is interesting that there's a bee on December what thirteenth, thirteenth, thirteenth. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um. You have anything else for the betterment of the cause? I'm good, brother. All right. I'm I'm down to the nub on my Rocky Patel. Enjoyed the cigar. It is a stronger cigar um, than I would normally smoke, at least first out of the gate. But it's been a good stick. Very good I, stick. I've liked it. I've liked it. It's been good. 
There so. you go. Anyway, so guys, this has been another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm Nick. I'm Gator. Everybody stay safe and stay smoky. Sun's blinding. It is very bright. Potato, potato. <laughs> beats, beats. I liked that. I joke. like beats. I'd yeah. go with beats. Nah, I'm going to modify it. It'll be funnier it's like when a I say it. Potato sack. Like a potato sack. Well, it could be a sack of beets. I mean, if you're on Shroot Farms. Shroot Farms is not a real place. You take that back. It's not a real place. Dwight would beg to differ. Okay. And Moe's. Moe's. Um. I like this cigar. It's good. I'm not normally a Rocky guy. Yeah, it's a good cigar. But it's a good cigar. There you go. My monthly cigars. There you go. See you guys.